Greetings, true believers, and welcome to episode one of the Polis Podcast Collector's Edition, a bi-weekly show about comics, pop culture, and faith. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Hector, and we're just super excited to be starting this new piece of season two in the Polis Podcast. Our interviews are going to come now a little more frequently, and they're going to come as our Collector's Edition specials, because every comic needs to have the word special collector's edition, and number one on every single one of those things. But we're excited to have our first set of guests, and we're going to just jump straight into things. We have the one and only Matt Kent and Jay uh, Cromier uh, from Off the Page Games. Uh, Jay and I were talking about that we share that yay sound at the end of our names. Um, So that's the only way. But I'm not the one and only. Matt's the one and only. I'm just just one of the many Jays. Uh, So... (laughs) One of the things that we're really excited about talking about today is normally we talk about comics, but a lot of folks in our community love tabletop games. Well, good news, kids. We're going to talk about the intersection of both over the next 30, 40 minutes. So we're just really excited to be able to have you guys. So welcome, Matt. Welcome, Jay. Thank you. And yeah, so as we get started, Matt... um, some of our readers are going and readers, uh, our listeners are going to recognize your That's name. That's a special skill to read a podcast. Go I on. know. And I don't think I have it, but Matt has done a ton of different things throughout the comic book industry. Matt is not only a gifted writer, he's also an amazing artist and a lot of work he does. He does both sides of things. So Matt, for folks that might not know who you are, what's kind of, What's your pitch for, hi, I'm Matt? Um, geez. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Everything all at once. <laughs> no, I, uh, I've i been doing comic books uh, for 20 years. So I write and I draw and sometimes I just write. Um, and I've just been doing comics almost my whole life. Uh, so books like Mind Management. Um, I wrote some Justice League for DC. I wrote Spider-Man for Marvel. I, I did uh, um, what some other books. A lot of my, most of my books though, 90% of my stuff is like independent stuff, like through Dark Horse, um, uh, Department H, Mind Management, and um, i trying to think about Folklords, which is out now from Boom. Um, but yeah, mostly uh, creator-owned books uh, with some like Marvel and DC stuff sprinkled in here and there. Yeah, it's pretty amazing because I know for myself personally, I got introduced to your work through Valiant as a retailer, I really fell in love with Valiant. It's really easy to fall in love with Valiant um, because Dinesh at the time just loves his product and his universe so and his creator so. And then Adam and all the rest of the guys that handled us on the retail side just made us fall even more in love with the product. So I know that's where I first got introduced to you. And that's why I think it's exciting that kind of off that same van, you have new stuff coming um, from the same group of folks, but under a different name that Dinesh has formed Bad Idea. And we've talked about Bad Idea on the, the podcast here a few times. And your their first book is going to be one of your properties, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's a, it's funny. I didn't mention Valiant, but I probably wrote more for Valiant than anybody. <laughs> right. A hundred issues worth of stuff. 
like Ninjak and Exo Manowar. And, uh, but yeah, I always feel like that's, to me, that was sort of like a weird gap or a bridge between creator owned and work for hire where I felt mm. like it was creator owned, even though, you know, it was company owned. Um, yeah. And then when Dinesh sort of got bought out, um, I love working with Dinesh and then Warren, uh, Simon's my editor there. We, we just like really bonded. Like there's, there's just, there's a few people in the industry that you, you work with in uh and it becomes more than just like a working relationship. Like you just, you just get each other and this trust builds up and, and, uh, and you just have fun making comics together and do. And, and so that was kind of what happened there is like Dinesh wanted to start bad idea and, um, and invited me to be a part of it, you know, from the, getting on the ground floor and sort of help launch it. And, uh, I was all, I was definitely all in on it. You know, it's, it's, uh, and it's great because it's sort of creator own, but but we have the we have the mind of Dinesh and everybody, uh, all the guys I've loved working with at Valiant, they're all behind it and sort of trying to uh, just better the comic book industry, you know, like put book, good books out and try to get them to everybody and, and make people excited about reading comics. Yeah. And I know also as part of the bad idea concept, we've explained on a previous episode that that new distribution model of kind of cutting diamond out and going direct distributor is going to be one of the things that a lot of folks look to, but we're going to include it in the show notes that today, um, while we're recording this was actually the announcement day of the first 50 comic book stores nationally that are going to come alongside the bad idea and carry, uh, your book when it first comes out. So I know Hector and I and a lot of other folks are really rooting for you guys um, and hoping that that whole thing comes together because I know creator owned or at least that feel, like you said, is something that usually benefits the reader in the end because a lot of your pure idea hits the page and that's just really neat. So we're, we're definitely rooting for you there as things go. On a and, side note today, when I was seeing those posts, though, mm-hmm. I completely forgot that bad idea was you know the initial launch thing for this and i just saw local comic book shops holding up signs that said bad idea and i'm like well that's not good advertising i'm just (laughs) (laughs) right all in baby um interesting about that though too like to sort of turn it uh bend it into the games is uh i like i didn't know anything about the board game industry i only i grew up with comics and i know comics and i worked with all the publishers and and so it was interesting when I started getting into board games and talking to Jay and just like, and sort of picking his brain, I was like, well, how does this work? And I just, uh, I was so happy that, that to see that there was more than one distributor <laughs> for board games. Right. I was like, wow. I, I remember when there were two comic book distributors, you know? And, and so I think that's the thing I was impressed with, with board games was how healthy the industry seemed, you know, and then, and then how much more improvement we need to do with comics. Well, nobody thrives in a monopoly except the people with a monopoly. So, Oh no. (laughs) So I think that's a great point um, to bring Jay kind of into this conversation. And so, so Jay on the other end of the spectrum, uh, what, what brings you into this glorious union of comics and uh, uh, tabletop games? So kind of tell us your origin story, if you will, (laughs) and a little bit of off the page games. Sure. So uh, my parents were murdered in the back of an alley. And... I don't think that, uh, that that can't be true. And if it what? is, oh my goodness. I shouldn't be laughing. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
<laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't the funny part. You know, I know. <laughs> We've all heard this origin story many times. Um, no, I'm I'm a gamer. So and absolutely a comic book lover. I've got equal weight in my uh, office here full of comic books and board games. And uh, I've been designing games for years. I've bought a, over a dozen published games, uh, most of them with my uh, buddy Sen Fung Lim. And we just have designed everything from dexterity games like Junk Art, where you balance blocks on top of each other, big strategy games like Belfort and Akrotiri that are like very uh, kind of deep th- thinky games. And then party games like uh, a Dungeons and Dragons game with called Rock, Paper, Wizard, or But Wait, There's More. So a whole bunch of different games. And then we bumped into... Uh, well, I guess not bumped in, but kind of bumped into Matt at Gen Con about four years ago. Um, it was through, I think it was through uh, Brian and uh, Colin, right? Yeah. Through, no. Yeah. I, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I was palling around with Brian. I'd never been to a board game convention. I only played probably Catan, I think, a couple of times, reluctantly. <laughs> and how many family members did you disown after that game? Just, just um, asking for a friend. It was just my brother. He and he's so in the game. I'm derailing your origin story a little bit, only because yeah, no, that's fine. This is where we the where we connected. Was yeah. that was the first time I'd ever seen a board game convention, and uh, I went home with a, literally a trunk full of games. I think it's dollars yeah. on games that, that weekend. Anyway, go ahead, Jay. That's how, yeah. That's how met. yeah. Yeah. And so um, we, we kind of met and chatted about uh, I, at the time, we were also talking about Sixth Gun, possibly turning that into a game. And Ooh. it was only through talking and that didn't end up happening. But in, through talking about that, it was Brian and them said, uh, you should you should meet me with Matt. He's here, too. And I'm like, Matt, who? And they're like, Matt Kidd. I'm like, what? Matt Kidd's here. Cool. Let's set up a meeting. And so we did. And the next day we met and we chatted and uh, mind management, I think, was still like in the middle of the series. And uh, I believe, or was it over then? Four years uh, ago. Four years ago. It was just done. Yeah, I think I just finished it. Just finished, yeah. Yep. Yeah, there you go. And uh, we both kind of, I think you had played, or you're, sometime in there you had played our game, Akrotiri, and enjoyed that game. And so we both said, like, let's let's do something together. Let's do uh, Mind Management as a game. And we're all over the moon with, like, the opportunity of that. But that took us a long time to figure out a game to make it really f- not just hitting story points or characters or things that you would recognize from the, the comic, but the feeling was more the issue. And every time we came up with a game, it just wasn't feeling like you were in manipulating people's minds and really trying to th- outthink them. And uh, it wasn't until we came up with this concept. If you're familiar with types of games, this is like one versus many game, like a mm-hmm. hidden hidden movement game. Hidden one, movement, sure. Yeah, one player is moving around secretly, and the others are trying to find. And it really is getting into the mind of the other person and trying to figure out what, what where what what would they do. And then the mind management player is trying to maybe change what they think by how they do other things in the game. So it's it's perfect fit, perfect fit. That's good stuff. So. So Jay, I'm going to start kind of on your end of the thing of, so why tabletop games? What, what as a creator made you go, this, this is the thing. And what kind of brought you into this world to really, to ultimately, you know, you found out about Matt being at Gen Con and seeking that type of thing, but why off the page and, you know, give us a little bit of how that company came to be in your heart kind of in that. Yeah, I think with regards to board games in general, it's I'm a huge fan of board games, like over 300 I own uh, as far as board games go. So I just love board games. And then eventually 
uh, Sen and I, we moved apart to different parts of the country in Canada. And so to stay in touch, we said, well, let's let's design games together. That'll be a way for us to kind of continue to stay in touch. And so mm. that actually motivated us to work even more together than when we were in the same uh, city together. And so uh, that's how kind of that came about. But we were always designers, always pitching to publishers and getting picked up and uh, signed by other publishers and kind of said we would never be a des- had interest in being a publisher. And it wasn't until we got um, with Mind Management, we actually got signed by a publisher and we, everything was kind of rosy. Uh, and then unfortunately, that publisher went under. And so mm-hmm. Matt said, and I had a meeting and we're like, well, what do we do now? Like, do we have to kind of now repackage it up and, and kind of start pitching it again to other publishers. And, and then I think it was actually Matt who said, well, why don't we just do it ourselves? And that was kind of like the start of like, oh, really? Could we, should we? And so Matt's like, yeah, and obviously he would do all the art. And he said he has a, a graphic design background, which is uh, huge as well. I'm like, oh, this is, this is good. And so I talked over with Sen and Sen's got a full-time job and I'm, I fortunately have been able to move down to a part-time job for the last few years to focus more on board game design. And so I do have a bit of time. Uh, so I thought, well, maybe if I ran the company, but then I was like, I want to be a company that kind of stands out and, and is recognizable for something. There's so many board game companies out nowadays that they don't really, I find a lot of them don't really have an identity and there's there's a few exceptions like there's a company called restoration games mm-hmm. yep. even, you know of it and even from the name you yes. almost can kind of get what they do they take old games and they redesign them to make them more palatable for a modern gamer and re-release them like yeah, they were the uh, ones that just did fireball island right fireball island dark yeah. tower yeah. dark tower yeah and so um, I'm like, that's a great, that's a great brand. So what could I be? And then when I thought about it, I'm like, oh, this is going to be perfect. I'm going to be a, a, a publisher for board games that only publishes games based off of creator own comic books. And that might be niche, but I think <laughs> that's that, awesome, I know, but <laughs> a, I get to work with some of my favorite people that I've always looked up to as far as uh, uh, creators. I'm like, that's cool. And obviously starting with Matt is starting right off at the top of my list, which is awesome. So it's just gonna be downhill from here. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm the fall guy here, but uh... <laughs> <laughs> everything's going to be great. And then as soon as you leave Matt, it's over. He's, he's already yeah. set it up. And then it was just a, a process of brainstorming for the name off the page because off the page, off the comic book page and onto the table. And also mm-hmm. it has another implication of with board games, you want table presence, something that really pops. And so I think our games really jump off the page at you. Yeah, no. And I think that's a great place to kind of transition into. We've talked about mind management um, and you've alluded to the fact that that is the first property that we're going into here and that is the first property you're going into. So I know you guys are kickstarting the project, which is pretty typical to market, but I want to talk about your decision to kickstart and also what that first week has you're through your first week, right? Mm-hmm. A little yeah, over uh, the first week. No, and yeah, I kn- by tomorrow will be. Yeah. And fully funded in the first 14 hours yep. and you're just crushing it as of right now. So you're in stretch goals and all that good stuff. But tell me about you guys. Let's talk about the game itself. Um, the art is, is pretty epic and it's because Matt, your, your brain is the one that gave us my management and that style and everything. So it translated really great into a playboard. I just got to say, having seen the early pictures and everything, 
Oh, um, Matt, Matt, tell them about the uh, story of the of the game board. Oh, yes. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I will say uh, it was probably the hardest thing I've ever the hardest art project I've ever had in my life. <laughs> it was just so, <laughs> this is the story you want me to tell Jay? <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's exactly. And honestly, I was like, Oh, this is going to be so fun. Like I, like I come from comics and everything. And then board games is such a different, such a different medium, like in every way. Uh, and I thought it would, I just was like going into it. Like, this is going to be so fun. I can't wait. It's gonna, I'm going to draw this big board. And, and uh, the, the thing is with, board games is it has to uh more than just like comics with storytelling which i get that and understand it with board games it has to be so functional like it can't just look good it has to it has to you have to be able to play it it has to function and so then that was like the biggest struggle was like how do i i want this map to look super cool and like a city from above and perspective but then there's these little icons you have to have in there things you see that you have to be able to just immediately pick up and uh and look at the whole board and see them right away uh, as part of the gameplay. Um, and so then that ended up being really hard. I drew, I drew and redrew and redrew that board like so many times. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, we actually, had, you actually had a, like a, a first draft of it that we ended up using in a few demos. Like I think at Gen Con, we even used uh, that first draft. Yeah, yeah. And it was um, funny because it was, it was the just to jump in a little bit. It, all the stuff that Matt was providing art wise was like, I was over the moon. I'm like, Oh my God, the cover is amazing. Oh my God, this is amazing. This is amazing. And then the board, I was like, Oh, I don't, I don't love it. And I'm like, how do I tell Matt this? Like <laughs> he's the artist. So who am I to say like, Hey, I don't like your art, sir. And I, how dare you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And I'm so I was a really trepidatious about having that conversation. And I think I got two or three sentences into it. And I think Matt kind of gleamed onto the fact that I was kind of like dancing around something. And he just came out and said, Hey, I don't like it either. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's hard. Like, and it's funny is like, because the, because it was the only kind of, it's on, the only part of the project that I hadn't really done before. Like I've never really had to design a thing that you had to interact with in a functional way, you know, like, packaging i've done that book covers i've done that storytelling i've done that but like the board um is totally different and and what's funny is like when we were first started talking about it i don't like uh, jay and sandman they're the they're the board game experts you know so they i was like they were explaining all these things to me and, and jay i remember you were i remember you were explaining this the magic circle uh, do you remember that where you're yeah you're like I was like, what's the magic circle? And he, he's like, it's the, it's where everybody, it's the border in the center of the game where everybody agrees that it's almost like the reality of what you're doing happens within these borders. And, and that sometimes it's a board that you're playing on, uh, but it's this, it's this artificial sort of perimeter that you put in the game where you're, you decide to play within it. Uh, and I like that idea of like this sort of magic circle and everything happens within it. Um, but within that magic circle, man, it's, it's super tricky to sort of design it and draw. You can't, it can't just look good. Like if it just looked good, that's easy. <laughs> well, yeah. We gave Matt a bunch of restrictions and constraints about the functionality about it had to do this. You have to do this and you had to do that. And so he, he complied with our restrictions and then it, it made it look kind of yucky. But fortunately he had an idea. He's like, I have one idea that I want to try. And I think it, it'll be the best of both worlds. And that's, 
that's pretty much when the hard work started after that. That's that the board that we have now is ridiculously gorgeous. It's like this huge Zanzibar cityscape, but all the icons that we need in the game pop, just pop right off the page. It's fantastic. Yeah, I know the first time I looked at it, I was like, that is Matt's art. And then I started looking at it again because I, as a comic book fan that got turned into a tabletop guy, I tend to look at art first. I guess that's just my thing. And I go, cool, that that's Matt. It's definitely Matt. And then I look closer at the board. I was like, hold up. there!" Like you said, I can tell where the interaction is supposed to be um, from looking at the play mat in front of me. So I think whatever iteration you guys went back and forth on, it worked out well. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing it um, because full disclosure, I, I backed this project as soon as I saw it <laughs> pop because um, I, I love the IP that's present here and I am a sucker for hidden movement. I recently tabled uh, letters uh, from Whitechapel, um, which is uh, Jack the Ripper versus a bunch of detectives. And it's, you basically are trying to move about Jack avoiding all the patrolmen in an actual London cityscape. And I fell in love with hidden movement because Mm. it's interesting to have a certain set of rules of how you can function in that circle and then have other people trying to decode you. So you get that um, defector feel from certain other games of one versus many, but also the, you have to try to figure out the logic (laughs) to what I'm applying in front of us so and and how long did that game take you to play um well that's the thing is i think the first time we played that that game took like three or four hours so you could you could literally play mind management four times that's span of time that's encouraging it's not even like a it's not even like a you know some publishers put like oh 60 to 75 minutes and then it's an hour and a half to two hours uh i've never seen a game go longer than an hour ever most of my friendships don't last as long as the games i play so. <laughs> I like what if you know uh, Richard Ham from Rado runs through reviews. If you're familiar with him, he's oh, a yeah. big inf- I, influencer. Yeah, I saw you guys had some playthroughs. Um, yeah, but he his, went through your stuff. Yeah, he, if you check out his final thoughts, he kind of summarizes it nicely about how he says with this game because he said this is his favorite hidden movement game of all time, which is fantastic. So it's so. Ooh. Amazing to hear that from him. Um, but he says that this game has such velocity and such you every single turn, you're learning something every single turn. And that just keeps compounding. And so the, the speed of the game is so great. That's, so that's what I like. No, I, I dig ga- games that can get tabled and not take the entire day. There are games I want to do that, but it's nice to have those ones in on your shelf that you can pull out at a party or even real quick and be like, you want to see something cool? It's going to take us 90 minutes. Now, so, actually, what be, I know you, you guys are running the interview, but I want to run back and actually because it's an, it, an art. It's, it's an art question that I want to get from Matt. Um, yes. So another thing that the tied to the board was uh, and we're talking about these features that have to pop off them. Um, then the recruiter, the one player and the one versus many, he, he has to draw three of these random feature cards and it, all it, all it had to have on it was that feature. And in my prototype, that's literally all was on the card was just that feature. And that's kind of guides the, the recruiter player to go after those and move around in a way to visit as many locations with those features as possible. And then, so I pretty much, that's all I gave to, to Matt. I'm like, if you want to do something funky with it, go for it. And then Matt, why don't you talk about th- walk us through? I don't know what your how you came up with this idea, but just it's fan. It blows me up. It's my favorite part of the of, of everything in this game is those those cards. <laughs> yeah, I uh, well, I think part of it to me is uh, you could like why why does it look like it looks? 
you know like if it's if all you need is the information off of it then it, honestly it could just be a black and white thing with like a triangle on it you know like that i know strip everything every game down to the basics and then, but what i love about uh board games in general and like specifically my favorite ones are the ones it's not the ones where it's fun to play it's the ones that it's fun to play and then it looks so cool like i like looking at the stuff the art or the little pieces that come with it like that there's two aspects of it. It's almost like when you're reading a comic book, um, if the story is great and the art's just okay, it's like, oh, okay, it's great, you know. But when the art and the story both hit at the same time, yeah. like so well, that's those are my favorite comics, you know. And it's the same thing with board games, or like my favorite ones are the ones where it's super fun to play and then it just looks really cool. So I, like, I, I feel like there are these cards, there's a lot of extra stuff in the game where it could have just been we could repeat a thing or take one design element and and i was like man that's but why <laughs> if we can like we have uh and this is what i was told jay i was like jay we have unlimited uh art budget <laughs> there's no budget here uh, other than like it's they're gonna grind me into the ground when I'm <laughs> and it's gonna spoil me for any future project <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. And, I, and i'm never doing another game after this one so <laughs> <laughs> the steps, the steps, uh, the step tokens. Yeah. I think that's my favorite piece. Like, I want that on a hat and a t-shirt. Like, <laughs> I just think like if you had a step token hat with it, literally had the feet moving across a brain designed hat, that would be dope. Like, I'd, I'd be all over that. That's so funny. Yeah, no, I'm I'm glad because I I uh, I really did want every single little piece in this game to have its own have something for you to explore or look at. And a lot of times this game's uh, it doesn't take two hours. So it goes a little bit quicker, but a lot of games you like, if there's downtime in between or you, whatever, you just end up staring at the same thing over and over again. I, I wanted to do something with the art on this where you stare at it. And then an hour into the game, you're like, Oh, uh, if I turn this upside down or if I put this card next to this other card, it, it, there's some, there's a, there's a little secret in it. (laughs) So, like this game is full of little things like that where it's not it's not necessarily even part of the gameplay, but it's it's like a just like a little design element that maybe you don't notice until you played it a couple times. Yeah, um, so all of these feature cards, every single one, is as if it as if it was found on somebody's desk or floor from a piece of garbage of like a, nice. a, a coupon a clipped out of a newspaper or uh, an ad pinned on a bulletin board or uh, a postcard from a, a travel destination all f- but then in each one is one of the feature that you need and it's so clever and fun and just i'm just blown away by it it is i mean it literally looks like a bulletin board at like a coffee shop like if you put all the feature cards together it looks like a bunch of different art or different like just aspects that literally don't tie together but tie together beautifully yeah yeah, no, that was fun. I think the hardest part was to conceptually come up with, uh, because the cards are all the same size. I couldn't change that. So, like, how do you right. make the, how do you make them all different, but also make sense in the format, which is like a card size shape, you know, mm. for everyone, but also completely different. So there's like, mm. there's a hotel key card. There's a um, punch card for the pool. <laughs> it's all kinds of different things. So good. So I'm kind of curious, um, as, as this project rolls on, what for each of you, and I think we'll start 
with you, Matt. What what was the most exciting part of getting this package together and then ultimately seeing that a, a fan base responded overwhelmingly well um, for how quickly you guys funded and how much you continue to gain? What was you talked a little bit about your process and the things that over kind of overwhelmed you at first from comics to this medium, but what's been your favorite experience in this thus far? Um, I think, uh, I think it was actually seeing other people play the game for the first time. And I, and I think part of it is, and I, Jay, I don't know how you feel about it, but I like, I was too close to the game and how it worked. Um, cause everybody kept asking me like, uh, like I was working on the art and everything. And they're like, oh, how's the game? Is it fun? I was like, I don't know. Like we've, <laughs> every step of the process. Oh. I just don't know because you're so close to it. It's almost like when I'm making a book too, it's like, mm, I, I think it's good. Like I'm doing it because I think it's good. I'm trying my best, but I, you don't know until, uh, until it's done. And then even then it's like, I don't, you only get it. You see it through the reflected, uh, the reflection of the people that are reading it. And then I felt like when we watched that game being played, um, where was that? Was it Gen Con last year? I think it was the first time I saw it, somebody playing it. Um, and then seeing them have fun and they're laughing and then they're, it's like tense. And then and, and seeing that actually happen, I was like, oh, oh, I, it's great because it's like that's somebody that doesn't, they've never played it, you know, they don't know. And, 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 uh, and I think it's good, but we've been working on it so long. I'm, you're just too close to it. So I think seeing other people play it for the first time and having that fun playing it, um, that was probably the coolest part, you know, because it's, it confirms that the game is good. <laughs> right. And then, uh, and, and then you're, and then it's cool that you, we made a thing that people are interacting with and like interacting with each other with, it's like a catalyst for people having fun with one another. And I, and I think that was the coolest thing to me. And that's, that's one of the things that struck me about board games. And this is what I like about board games is I've been going to comic book conventions for 20 years and, uh, yep. and it's, it's, it's just different, you know, it's a different medium and it's a different kind of person that collects and reads. But I think, uh, in general, like reading is a solitary activity. Like you'll read about, you'll read and then you'll maybe talk about it with friends that read the same thing. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're, it's you and the book and you're by yourself uh, taking it in and reading it. Um, but what I was struck by at uh, Gen Con and is that uh, everybody would be buying these games and people collect games, but then everybody just goes back to the hotel lobby, sets up games and plays. You're just playing with perfect strangers. Like I've, I've never done that before. I was like, what? It was unbelievable to me to see uh, board games and how they bring people together and strangers and everyone's having fun and interacting and like the being able to be a part of uh, a, a product or whatever. I hate calling it a product because it sounds but, <laughs> right. But being part of an art form that brings people together where they're, they're making your sort of the catalyst for the story that's being told and the way they interact and them having fun. I think that's like, it was super exciting to be part of that. You know, I mean, it's what I love about board games. So it's interesting. Um, I kind of went through the same process that when I got introduced to tabletop games, I was like, tell, tell me again why I want to spend hours doing these. And I'm a, I'm a nerd. I, I'll admit it. But I enjoyed comics and everything. And Gen Con last year was actually my first Gen Con. And I had pretty much the exact same experience that I was like, 
I'm literally in community with all my other fellow nerdy folks and we're just going to play every game under the sun and they're all different and they all have different IP attached and you become fascinated by game mechanic. And so after being um, in comics as a collector for so long, I was like, I love tracing artists and seeing their influence in pages and in one another and the stories they tell that I was like, Oh, but these stories can also be interactive. That's amazing. And then, like you said, literally a room at a hotel will fill up for the show ended at six and we were in the Marriott, uh, at Gen Con in the ballroom till like two, four in the morning every night. Um, on, on top of it, just in community with people we didn't know playing two to four hour games at a pop. And it's one of the things that excites me most about this community. So I love that that's what um, a, a creator such as yourself has fallen in love with as well. Um, Cause it is pretty neat. Um, that communal experience that we can share over a table and something neat. And now you're getting to experience a thing you've brought into the world. So I'm, I'm really excited for you. So well, it's good. It's a, yeah, it's funny, especially coming from comics, you know, it's such a solitary medium in every way, like reading it and yep. making it, you're just all day alone doing the thing, you know? And, uh, and so the idea of like hanging out with strangers for like four or five hours is, I was like, what? No, <laughs> <laughs> hold on. <laughs> That's horrible. You know, but then, it, but then that first Gen Con, I went there, I was like, Oh, Oh my gosh, this is, I, I get it. This is great. What a great medium. And, and then I am, I was starting to become, uh, like I've, I probably have 200 games now in our studio, but, yep. it, but I, what I got addicted to was that the community that it gives you, but also the, it is the mechanics. It's like, Oh, how does this game work? Now I want to learn how all the games work. And yep. part of the fun is and like, I, I could care less if I win or lose a game ever, but what I care about is like learning the game. Like, Oh, like, oh, how does it work? What do we do? Is there a new, is there some new element here? And, uh, and so that's, what's exciting. That's why watching Jay and Sen put the game together, uh, it was like, um, it's like how I, I think people feel like if you can't draw and you watch somebody draw, it, it looks like it's a miracle happening on the page. You know, it's like, but to me, it's like, yeah, I get it. I've been doing it for years. It's no big deal. But that's how I felt when I was watching Jay and Sen, like put this together and then figure out all these elements and how, how do the mechanics work together and then tweaking it and like constantly revising and making it better. Uh, it seemed like a miracle was happening, you know, while watching them put this thing together. It's magic. So it, right. And it, not the magic circle, just magic in general. Mm. Um, so, so Jay, what was kind of your, this was just an amazing, what was your big moment in things so far in getting this game put together and getting it to Kickstarter and kind of just absorbing everything that's been going on over there? The, the month that led up to the last week. Oh, in the last month or whatever. I or think it just in general, um, the big, you know, thing, the big moment was actually literally that rattle review. Um, prior to that, we had a review come into me specifically, let a review, but, a a reviewer who had the copy and he didn't like the game and I was getting really worried and I'm like, Oh no, what? And so I'm going back and forth talking to this reviewer and trying to understand and like he got one thing wrong. So I'm like, oh, he tried it again. He goes, no, we still didn't like it. And he's giving all these suggestions on how to change it. I'm like, oh, my God, what's going on? And mm. then I finally realized that they chose not to uh, use the mental note tokens. And that Ooh. that was really confusing to me why. 
but they said, oh, we didn't think that was necessary. I'm like, oh, and I have since gone back to the rules and try to make that a bit more of a mandatory suggestion rather than just uh, sure. use them if you want to. Um, so that was a bit my bad on the rules for sure. But uh, that that's how important these mental note tomes are. And to kind of clarify what this means for those listening is um, because it's a deduction game, uh, you're going to ask questions about uh, to the recruiter and they're going to answer uh, with either yes and give you a step token on a place where they've been. Or sometimes they'll answer no. And it, sometimes in a deduction game, a no kind of sucks. You're like, oh, shoot. But in this game, a no gives you sometimes more information than a yes does because... Mm. If it's, say, turn nine right now and you ask if you've been to a Flux coffee shop and they say, no, I've never been one. Okay, well, now there's five spots on the board because every single feature is is on the board five times. There's five spots on, on the board that the, the recruiter has never been to up until turn nine. So you use these little dry erase tokens and you'd write something like one to nine with an X and you'd put them in all the spots with a Flux coffee shop and boom, now you can start to see that that he did go here, didn't go here. It actually really gives you a lot of information, which is fantastic. So, oh, so the a, answer to your question, neat. yeah, it is neat. The answer to your question was once we got that Rado review where he was over the moon for it, I literally started uh, tearing up. I'm like, oh my God, this is so great. I'm so relieved. Like, just like Matt says, like sometimes you're so close to it. You don't know, is this, is this good? I can't remember <laughs> if this is actually good. Is this actually the thing? Yeah. Your Kickstarter is ongoing how long is the kickstarter running for well the the new norm is kind of a 21 day thing but there's a little bit of a leeway exception where if you're a first-time publisher like i am the 30 days is is uh okay and so i went with the 30 days because of the amount of time i might need to kind of make sure my reach is out there and people have heard about the campaign and whatnot but we've started off gangbusters so yay (laughs) yeah just looking at it looks like you got 24 days left to go little almost double your initial funding goal. So that means you guys are talking about stretch goals and all that kind of good stuff yeah. right now. So yeah. what are for both of you two, two of your stretch goals that you really hope happen? Um, well, I think one of them just happened just last night. And it's um, so the game comes with these things called a, a shift system. It comes in the game. Mm-hmm. And if you're a gamer, if you've ever played like a, a legacy game, like pandemic legacy or charter stone or, any of these kind yep. of games, uh, they have these sealed packages in the game. And th- as you play, you open them up and you, you get more content. And so mm. our game has not, we don't want to call it legacy because legacy also implies that you're putting, you're, you're changing the game board or the state, or you're, you're tearing things up or you're whatever. Right. Uh, Which gives a bunch of gamers like an aneurysm at times. Yeah, it took yeah. some time for people to get over the fact you're under- wait, I'm supposed to destroy the thing. Yeah, exactly. Nobody ever does that. Exactly. Uh, so ours, there's no destruction. Everything's reusable. But the idea, because it is a one versus many game, whoever loses a game, they get to open a package from their side. And that gives them a little boost for the next time they play. So that if oh. you're, it's almost like a handicap in a way where it's like, you're really good at playing the recruiter. We can never catch you while well, here have some more stuff. And now you can. And so the, the cool thing we just unlocked last night was um, another package. So the game came with 10, five for each side. Now we have 11. There's another package. Um, we have the ability and, and tested content to go up to 14 of these packages total. How about you, Matt? Is there a stretch goal that you really hope um, gets Probably- made? Probably one that doesn't involve more art. Right. I was going to say, or are you like, please, please stop. We funded the thing. I, uh, no, I, one of them is I want to do those extra because those little packages, they all have little mini comics in them. Yeah. So I get the page extra stories. So, um, 
yeah, I mean, I have no time to do them, but I definitely, that's the thing I like doing most. <laughs> so I, right. I would like to do more of those just because. Will, will those be kind of new mind management stories or will you pull from the existing? Yeah, no, no, it's all new. Like I don't, yes. I don't do purpose anything. That's, that's well, just the purpose of the comic actually is it gives context to what's in the package. It actually gives a story about why this is going to help you in your next game. Yeah, yeah. There's a the one I did the distraction token thing. Uh, that story. Um, Hashtag spoilers. One of my favorite. <laughs> oh my no. Favorite stories. <laughs> like it. It explains the way oh, the piece of the game work, but it's also one of my favorite little mind management shorts I've ever written. Um, I just feel like there's a little bit more to it, you know, that I, that uh, I like. Um, but yeah, so I'm honestly the stories are just I'm putting as much into those as I have any any comic I've ever done. Um, and it's cool because they have to sort of serve dual purpose. Like they, they fit the theme of like explaining what's, what's in that box and how that part of the game works. Um, but it also serves as its own kind of standalone story, which I like. Um, but I also want to do those, the wooden tokens, the two sided wooden tokens. That's one of the stretch goals, isn't it? Where they, there's two sides. And you see the back of your heads. Yeah, and you see the back that's of their head. Stretch goal. That's right. I just it's so cool that I'm like I can't make this a stretch goal. It's got to be in the game because it's so. Yeah, cool. Okay, well, that's, then that's happening. What about the uh, those little wooden those wooden meeples? <laughs> that, a yeah, that, was a, that was a stretch goal. So there's these recruits, and uh, the whole purpose of how the mind management player wins is they have to find twelve recruits hidden around the world based on these feature cards that they draw, and they just currently there's little meeples. Um, right. and little people, uh, wooden things. And for those that aren't gamers, <laughs> I have to explain what a meeple is. Um, and so we just had a poll and it's ending today, actually, uh, where they can vote on what the shape of this meeple could be. And I tasked Matt with that. I'm like, can you come up with a few designs that we could vote on and what these meeples could be? And I was literally thinking they'd all be just like, like a meeple, but like with a hat or with a something in his hand. <laughs> oh, and no, these are going to be the most crazy meeples that ever yes, made it into it. They game. really are. They really are. And I'm so blown away and everyone's excited and people are voting on them. It's great. No, I'm looking forward to that. Cause as soon as you pitch that um, for the poll, I was like, what is he talking about? And then I went back to the campaign. I looked at it and I was like, Oh yeah, that's different. That's going to be cool. Um, <laughs> Cause we're all used to meeples. Uh, once you've fallen in love with tabletop games, you're like, cool meeple. Got it. Give me cool meeples now. Mm-hmm. And there's some games out there that have done it, but yeah, those are going to be pretty unique. So Wow, I, I'm really excited for what both of you are accomplishing here and just the core concept of bringing comic book IP into the tabletop industry honestly has been one of those things. Since I fell in love with tabletop, I kept walking around conventions going, there's so many comics that would make really good um, games, but I have no idea how game make because that's that's not me. My brain's comics. I understand comics and, and storytelling, but... Um, game mechanics is something I had to learn, which has been super fun and exciting is like Matt. I'm the guy that's like, show me what this game does. Um, (laughs) I have now Googled all the words. I understand what most of them mean though. I don't know if I'll ever know what Euro truly is, but um, yeah. So worker placement. 
Yeah, sure. Oh, sorry. One last, because I I'm just kind of really pr- proud of and happy about what we did on the campaign page, which is a bit different for a Kickstarter campaign. If you've ever backed a Kickstarter, is that we're doing two super engaging things. One is we're playing a game of mind management on oh, yes. on Kickstarter right now. So I'm showing you the board state. And then people are talking in the comments about what they want to do for the next move. At a certain point uh, of the day, the next comment with the move is, is going to be the move that's made. And then I do all the stuff in the background and update the uh, board. So everyone's talking and, and kind of planning and, and guessing and all this stuff. So it's really cool uh, and engaging. And the other thing we did was a, a secret mission where the eraser, who's the big bad uh, in mind management, um, there's images of her all over the internet with secret codes. And there's mm. been a... A heavy group of people that have created a whole forum thread on Board Game Geek to discuss it and trying to nice. figure out. Uh, all, and they found now have found just I think recently a day ago all the codes and now they're trying to decipher what it means. They had to de- decode it. It's been awesome watching them uh, stumble through all these uh, codes and figure it all out. It's been crazy. That reminds me, I need to upgrade my moves um, <laughs> and take a look at where the game state currently is right. as I've been participating. Um, so kind of the last question that we always kind of like to ask a lot of our creators here at the Pullist and across Love Thy Nerd in general, just as kind of a final thought, if you will, is why did you guys become creators? What motivates you to make a thing? So Jay kind of give us your your one-off why why create what what excites you about getting up and making a thing i mean it's altruistic but at the same time selfish because i uh, i have also a performer background and i just always enjoyed making people laugh and getting and entertaining people and bringing some sort of joy to their lives but i get a lot out of it because that that applause or laughter is was like heroin to me i love it and the same thing goes with uh, board games, making board games. It's the same idea. Just I want to entertain people. I want to. And then the selfishly, it's like I feel like I'm awesome when people uh, like something that I did. That's awesome. So I, I think we all can ultimately relate to part of that story, right? Um, the heroin? We want people. Well, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> but that we take enjoyment in the things that we produce and we want people to find enjoyment. So, yeah. so Matt, you kind of have two categories to pull from, but... Um, what, what got you into comics and excited you as a creator and then why tabletop has become kind of where you're, where you're at, at least for this moment? Yeah, I, we're at the tough one. I, there's a lot of, there's no, like no one thing that like motivates me to do it. But I think when I was younger, I was just a reader. I was a consumer of the comics, you know? So I was, I'd read them and and I'd be like, oh, what a great story that was told so well. Like Frank Miller's Daredevil, I grew up reading that. And then later it was like Dan Klaus on 8-Ball. He was doing such crazy stuff. I, I was like, oh, I really love, I really like this art form. Like I like the story and the storytelling and then the drawing. And I like to draw and I like to write. And uh, so it just seemed like a natural fit. And so I think, uh, I don't think what gets me up every day with comics is it's such a, it is kind of like a, there is no, I mean, the audience is there, but it's such a, a delayed reaction to it. Like by the time I'm right. done with the book, the, I've already, I'm on the next thing already. And when people are starting to read it or take it in and, and then talk about it. Um, but the, 
So that's not what motivates me. <laughs> but I think, it's almost like nostalgia by the time it makes it back to you. Yeah, I know. It's, all, it's, it's like I got to kind of remember, well, what was that book? What was I thinking when I did that one? I had to go back and, and sort of remember it. Um, but uh, so to me, that's important. I like it's important for me that people like the books only that it, uh, because it helps sustain my ability to keep doing more books. Um, and then you get to a certain level and it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about that anymore. And now I honestly, to me, the, the thing that motivates me to keep making stuff is to try to do something that hasn't been done before or, or do it in a different way that uh, no one has thought of. Um, and, and so in a way it's almost like a, there's a weird competitive part of me that wants to do the thing different than anybody's done and in a totally different way. Um, so there's that part of it. And then the other part is just like trying to tell a story that um, will, uh, will just kind of uh, inspire people to be better uh, or treat other people better. <laughs> that seems like such a, a big grand thing or whatever. And I think a lot of my stories are very, they're dark or they, they have sad sad elements to them. And who was, I, was, I share a studio with Brian Hurt, and he was telling me the other day, he's like, people don't go to your books, don't go read your books to, to feel good. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't think that's true. I think you're not reading them the right way. <laughs> I think uh, I think it does, there's elements that are sad or, or twist to them that are kind of dark, but I think it, the message in everything I've ever done is is uh, to just try to uh, treat people uh, you know, like golden rule stuff, just like right. other people. <laughs> so, so you want your, your comics to be like the Bill and Ted of the be excellent to one another. Exactly. Yes. exactly. <laughs> um, um, but Matt, yeah, war games, I, I'm not, in, I, I am out of my league when it comes to that working with Jay and Sam, I'm like, okay, this is there. I'm just visiting, you know, <laughs> I know, I know you said you're just visiting, but if there was another one of your comics that you could have a board game based on, what would it be? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, I, I think Department Ace could be a good one where there's like a time, like a ticking clock where you have to get down there and solve a mystery and then get back out. I think I think maybe as an amateur, uh, as a fan of board games, I, I could see that maybe translating somehow into something. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I kind of want. I kind of want a black badge. Oh yeah, uh, universe. What would you do for that one? I'm trying to think. <laughs> I'm. Con- I, I have some. I, I part of me wants to do like a role playing game was, and yeah. write a, a role playing based uh, universe book that we you could function in that universe. But I think there's a lot of other options. But I, of recent terms, my last few that I really enjoyed from you was Black Badge and Grass Kings. Because they both kind of had that mystery element, lots lots of things going on, and lots of interesting characters going on, and both of those kind of speak RPG sort of to me. But mm-hmm. I and, kind of and we'll have to see where Bang goes because it's just only one issue yes. so far, and uh, who knows how where that's going yet? Well, somebody knows on this call. <laughs> God, uh, here's the thing, my board game ideas, Jay. Do you remember the one one of my early ideas from? <laughs> Was like uh, when you guys, to your credit, you're like, okay, let's try. You play tested this idea I had, and every, and it was it was just the worst. Like a, it made people remember it was like where you try to get people to do like a secret thing. Yeah, with, 
Um, yeah, it was a cool idea. And it wasn't until playtesting that I realized like, oh, that makes everyone not because basically you wanted to try to you had all these goals. If somebody could say if some if you got somebody to say something that was written on your card, then or do something like even outside of the game, like which we thought was kind of mind management. Like what's what's real? And what's not? I'm like, get somebody to get you a glass of water. And if you did, then you got a point or something like that. You got some some resource or something oh, okay. or get someone to say, uh, ask you about the weather or something like that, like all these weird things. But what it did, because everyone knew what theirs were, everyone just shut up and didn't want to contribute anything else. And so it was mm. it kind of bombed on that perspective. It was like, oh, yeah, that's that's too bad. It's a cool idea, though. I liked it. Cool idea, except that it doesn't work as a game. Like everything that's yeah. good, where you get people together and you're enjoying each other's company and tell it like it. All I, might, I might revisit it if I find a way to motivate people to talk. So that's what we didn't have. We didn't have something that motivated people to say things. Yeah, yeah, that's true, I guess. Yeah. yeah that's that's- uh, the, the process of game design working itself out. Here we go. I know um, you guys got to get back to your respective worlds and everything, but Hector and I just really want to thank you both for taking a little bit of time to kind of step out and tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um your main project going on in Kickstarter right now, Mind Management. Uh, we will link that in the show notes for everyone to go and check out. Um, so if you're a fan of comics and you're a fan of tabletop, you need to also keep an eye out for off-the-page games because uh, I'm i hopeful that this is the beginning of something awesome because my two favorite worlds are colliding. And Me I'm too. Com- I'm completely <laughs> slightly selfish on that point. Hmm. Um but um jay thanks for spending some time with us matt um pleasure as always we're looking forward to how bang continues to go and um your everything going on at bad idea and i i think it's just it's great to see these two worlds colliding and we're really excited for that so i think as we close up for this first kind of episode of our interview specials our normal show we straight up talk about comics that came out this week and that kind of thing so if you're ever interested way too long for way too long (laughs) um because we're nerds and we read a ton of comics every week um which keeps our local comic shops in business which is a good thing um i know one thing that we wanted to kind of hector just kind of reminded me offline and it's it's a good thing is as people are considering this kickstarter do they have do they need to have read the comic jay matt do they have to have a background in my management obviously they should read it it's a great book um, that's but, i think what's great about it like, like even going back to that ratto review like he had no idea about the comic at all and so he's great he loved the game this and that's that was our goal the entire time is that we don't want just the mind management fans that like board games to play and buy this game because that's going to be a right. smaller subset of people why not just get people who like games especially if you like hidden movement games and then also bring the mind management people in and that hopefully is what we've done and uh yeah i i I think one person said it best saying, oh, when they saw the game, they were excited, then learned there was comics. They're like, oh, there's comics. Oh, this is so great. So if I like the game, I can then go explore this world even more. This is so cool. Yeah, no, that's kind of what I was thinking. No, it's good. I think it's it's important for them to be independent where they stand alone, you know, and uh, you can have one without the other. uh, But yeah, if having both together just adds to it, adds another layer. No, that's a great that's a great combination. And 
what our folks here at Love Thy Nerd can be on the lookout for, we will have in our hands in the not too distant future, uh, one of the copies that some of our other folks who are primarily tabletop folks, folks that aren't as familiar with the comics are going to be the ones that do a playthrough and, um, put that up on the site. So we'll let you guys know when we post kind of our playthrough and, uh, celebration of what you guys have done here as well. So those listening today, if it's interested, you're interested in it, check out the Kickstarter. If you still don't know, wait, hopefully over the next week or two, you'll see our playthrough from the rest of the gang here at love that nerd, either Bubba or Matt, are going to go through it. So it'll either be a beard bros or it'll be a co-optional uh, coming from our network. But we're really excited because our friends over at board game spotlight, um, the Funkhousers are hooking us up with that copy so we can enjoy it and share our thoughts with you guys. So I think that's going to do it for us today. Uh, thanks for listening. And thank you again, Jay and Matt for spending an afternoon with us to talk about two of the things that all of us love ever so much. So thank you guys. Uh, it's been really great chatting with you guys and good luck on the rest of your Kickstarter 24 days. Thank and you. We're looking forward to all those stretch goals uh, being met and people being able to enjoy this game. You guys going to be kind of to close this out at any conventions that they might be able to get a glimpse at it it's over the summer. Assuming they're not canceled like uh, Emerald City right. Comic Con yeah. was, just was, which we are both at uh, going to be at um, yeah yeah exactly that that was literally today we were going to go to that yeah yep. um so no we're but hopefully i'm going to be at origins and i think matt and i are going to be at gen con again assuming they're not canceled yep great yeah. or at least being, even if they cancel i'll just go to the lobby and play games <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's a good point just follow matt on twitter we'll give you that information as well and he'll let you know where he is the recruiter is going exactly over yeah. the summer and you can meet him and play games yeah well, thank you guys yeah <laughs> thank you i'm gonna take all seven continents of the game of risk <laughs>